Yeah, welcome back to the huddle. Pete Nigerian, Mike Max, throwing around sports and much more. Uh, interesting time with Mike Beck. Uh, the NHL had their uh, draft this last week, and uh, I, I thought this is the toughest one to project, but joining us in the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline, a guy that's been through the draft, and then some Tom Chorsky. Tom, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Uh, what, what, do you re- what was draft night like for you? What do you remember about it? Ah, uh, last day. I think I mowed the lawn in the morning. Uh, was It was in Montreal, and uh, I knew I was going to get drafted. I was projected, I think, in the late 20s or early 30s, but it was kind of trending down a little bit. And uh, I got a call, you know, mid-morning. or uh, It was a reporter from the, from the newspaper, and he said, you know, just – Wanted to let, you know, find out your reaction to just being drafted 19th overall by the Montreal Canadiens. And I was like, what? You hadn't um, even heard from the Canadiens yet, huh? No, <laughs> no, no. And I don't know how the guy had my number or got my number, but, you know, leave it to Montreal hockey media to be, um, hmm. you know, go, going through your garbage to find out stuff <laughs> about you. Um, but, yeah, so I, that's then I think hung up with him. And uh, Sir Savard, the GM, called and welcomed me to the to the organization. But yeah, I was I was not expected to be drafted 60, and uh, I was very surprised and started to feel a little bit of pressure, to be honest. <laughs> well, Tom, I think it was that South Minneapolis blood that you had down there in Southwest High School. When uh, I tell you what, when I was at Central, Southwest was one of the teams that we never wanted to play, Maxie, because they were so good in hockey. I mean, they just absolutely unbelievable. And, uh, you know, them and Washburn and everything. And, and Tom had a great career at the University of Minnesota, I got to tell you. Tom, well, well, let me ask you a question about, about what's going on in the NHL, but specifically with the, uh, with the Wild. With the the signing of uh, Mark Andre Fleury, does that does that help the Wild a lot? I I think it does, but then I I oftentimes wonder, does it hurt the ego of the other goalie? Is that is that going to be any kind of a conflict? What what do you think? Well, I think that's certainly what's being um, played out a little bit in the media and speculated. From what I can hear, uh, my old teammate Billy Guerin saying is. Um, I, you know, I think he believes that's what's best for the team to have these two goalies that are both, you know, pretty equal, are both very experienced. They're in their 30s, um, which maybe means that also maybe they both can't play the majority of the games, even if Cam Talbot, you know, he's two years younger, I think. So he seems to be positioning as, hey, I, I, I want to play more. Uh, his wife was in Twitter at the end of the year when he wasn't playing, and that was, you know, I thought that was kind of unfortunate. But Billy Guerin seems to me he, he had he, he reportedly had a conversation with Talbot's agent <clears throat> and kind of said, "Hey, he's under contract. I like him plenty. He just has to stop, you know, complaining or worrying about things and try to help us win games. It's like no nonsense kind of stuff. But you know." That's that's for Billy to say, and we'll see if Cam Talbot wants to, um, you know, go down that road or if he's going to demand a trade. But I, to your point, I think having both these guys, if they can get along, and I think they can. I don't think Mark Andre Fleury at this point has any, you know, real ego to to protect. He just wants to play when he plays, and he would like to win another Stanley Cup. Well, does Talbot become trade bait for a forward, and, and how do you replace Fiala's points? Do you, you think that that's a, a viable scenario 
uh, that, that Talbot becomes the guy you throw out there to try to bring in some scoring? You know, I think that's a, it's a good point. I think they'll, you know, if that is going to be the case, and maybe that's even the case right now, but, you know, GMs aren't going to come out and say, yeah, we're working on a trade or whatnot. Yeah. So I think they, they, they probably are straddling the fence um, of, you know, going down, having both goals all year, or they can evaluate in uh, during training camp. And from what I understand, you know, this Jesper Wallstead, the, the goalie that they have, from Sweden is apparently very good and is maybe, you know, probably the future of, uh, of the wilds goaltending, um, um, starter. Tom, how about Ryan McDonough? Uh, another local kid done a really great job with his career throughout the NHL and all, but he's now not, he's no longer at in Tampa and he's up in Nashville. Is that a good fit for him? And, and, and what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm assuming it's a good fit for him. That was a little bit of an unfortunate, you know, monetary situation for him. When I heard that it became very public that he was going to be traded because they had to approach him about his no trade, no move clause. And that was in public so that he was actually telling the team, okay, if, if I was to get traded, here's the teams I'd be willing to go to. He had that leverage. And so he must've felt that Nashville was uh was a good fit. I thought, wouldn't it be great to get him back to Minnesota, oh. from Minnesota, kind of a Minnesota kid guy. Um, I know he's got a young family that uh, he's probably going to ultimately back be back up here anyway. So it was, you know, I, I don't know what package would work or um, what, you know, if there was any possibility, but it did seem like it'd be pretty great if we could find a way to move him in and, and move, you know, some, make some room for him to come in and play and, I don't think he was that expensive either. He's got a few years remaining on his contract, and it's not that high. Yeah, he's uh, he comes back here in the summer, and uh, I was there last year. We got the cup to Cretan. He's he's a uh, he went to Wisconsin, but he is a Cretan Durham Hall kind of guy, and they uh, they love him over there. Uh, you know, when we see this draft the other night, uh, Tom, and it's pretty hard for any of us to to really project. I mean, you really got to be a hockey person to understand, especially the international scope of the draft. Um, the what do you look for? What do you expect? Do you, you see guys going? You know, they they got the nineteenth pick for Fiala. They then they take the Healy kid later, who looks like he's got some upside. Uh, but but if you shoot one out of three, is that good in the, for an NHL prospect? What is it? Yeah, it's really interesting, um, and it's kind of draft by draft. But I suppose if you looked at a at a huge sample size, you know, you find out that um, every team in every draft. I guess makes some mistakes, right? Or a player doesn't quite um, um, end up be developing into the player they were projected to to be. And so, I, you know, I think it depends on the on the draft pool. It certainly really depends on where your team is at and where your prospect list is at, right? So they're looking at looking at their NHL roster and their ages of their players and who's going to be kind of moving out and, and salary and salary cap. And then you look at your minor league team in Iowa. And what do you have for prospects and what positions? Do we got a bunch of right shot forwards? You know, how are we looking on D as far as having, you know, a couple of offensive-minded guys and, you know, then you backfill with um, grittier, you know, physical guys. Um, and I guess you probably can go out and find those guys a lot easier than you can find talent. So it seems to me, you know, there's often a lot of take take the best possible player, right? These kids are 18, 19 as you mentioned, around Europe, the, the Wild went um, European 
you know, kind of heavy, and they also went forward heavy. They obviously feel like they didn't need to pick up um, any high high level defenseman right now, right? So I think they feel like pretty well covered there. They they just in the Fiala trade, they traded for um, Brock Faber, who's playing golfers, who's a real good talent, has a real bright future, um, and and so they you know, they went with talented, pretty good sized, skilled forwards. And they're hoping that those guys are going to develop into offensive guys, hopefully top six guys, top nine guys. But it is really hard. You can go back and look at the previous draft, and there's some websites, and I I do it sometimes. Um, and you can find some players that are drafted pretty high in the first, you know, three four rounds that never played, or they played 25 games or something like that. And then and then you'll and then it's kind of fun to go further down, and you see a late a late round guy who played a thousand games and was a, you know, was a a huge find. Tom, as far as the places, and you played at a lot, you played a long career. It's it's really, really impressive. Was there one place that stands out for you? I know you play with the Devils and the Islanders and the Caps and everybody else, but is uh, of the cities that you were in, uh, what was probably, let's just say your favorite since you never got a chance to play at Minnesota or at least with the wild and and the rest, but uh, what was one of your favorite places to be and why? Well, I think, you know, for different, I have to say New Jersey because I was there the longest and we won a Stanley Cup and I met my wife and, you know, we just had a lot of, a lot of uh, history there and it, it was amazing. The, the transformation, we were middle of the road team in 91, 92 and three years later, which so pretty quickly, we just evolved and added some pieces and players and, you know, guys like Marty Brodeur, you know, Hall of Fame goalie and, Scott Niedemeyer and Scott Stevens, our captain, was an absolute, uh, you know, just the epitome of a, of a warrior and a, and a leader. So that was really cool. Um, going back to my draft, you know, being able to go up and play in Montreal, which is, you know, one of the most uh, sacred NHL, you know, hockey markets. And, and I played in the old forum and I scored my first goal of my career in the forum against the Boston Bruins, which was a wow. original six, you know, long time rivalry. I have great memories about that. Um, my time there wasn't uh, stress-free. It was, you know, me being pretty green coming out of college and trying to, um, I guess, break into the NHL, you know, with a lot to learn and had a coach there, Pat Burns, uh, was a hard-nosed former cop. He didn't even had hadn't played hockey, but he was he was you know a taskmaster and and knew how to you know he wanted ended up winning a Stanley Cup um, after I left. But um, it was just hard to hard to play there. The media was hard on hard on you. You got half French and half American, and you got newspapers on each side and radios on each side and TV on each side. And the the French press typically favors the French players and the Anglo press tries to stick up for the English players. And so it's a, it's kind of a rodeo, but uh, you know, and to a certain degree, I played in Ottawa. Anytime playing Canada, playing in Canada is really cool. Um, just because it, it really is, you know, something else to be a, to be a Canadian NHL player and play in those markets. So it was pretty cool. Calgary. I was there briefly, but Calgary is pretty cool. Canadian city. Uh, when I was with the Islanders, I just couldn't stop thinking about the, you know the dynasty of the of the Mike Bossies and Clark Gillies and um, uh, Dennis Potvins and you know they just had Brian Trottier. They just had such a great rich hist- history from not that long for me when they were winning four Stanley Cups. Um, 
Washington was a that was kind of a weird era for them. They were kind of figuring things out, and um, so I wasn't. I although we lived in Baltimore and uh, Marina, which that was kind of cool. Um, mm-hmm. So you know, each stop had had some pluses. We made some great friendships along the way, and uh, so I don't know if I can give you the exact. I got. I mean, New Jersey's probably the best and favorite, but Montreal certainly was kind of special too. Mm-hmm. Well, Tom, Tom, great stuff as always, and always appreciate you coming on with us because we can talk about yesteryear and today and tomorrow, and uh, appreciate your insights into all of the above. So we will be in touch, as we say, my friend. But thank you so much for giving us some time on the huddle. Thanks, Tom. Anytime, you guys. Have a good day. See ya. You Thanks. bet, Tom Chorsky, one of the classy guys in this marketplace for a lot of different mm. reasons.